you would, get yourself a blue hymnal, and if you can, let's stand and sing number 209. 209.
Amen. Please do be seated. Well, it's good to see everyone. Good to be in the Lord's house today. Um, let me encourage you to get uh, one of the uh, I got it here somewhere. One of the uh, brochures, and uh, they're not called brochures. What are they called? Bulletins. I hate when I can't find something because I know it's up here. But anyhow, um, please do uh, get one of those. It has announcements of all the activities. We did get the tickets bought for the trip to uh, Esther. And uh, so we got that, and uh, we'll talk about that more as it gets closer. Um, but uh, please do look in there for any announcements. Um, please do be in prayer for one another. Be in prayer for the requests that we've been praying about for a while, and, and just pray for those who are traveling. And uh, let's pray for our nation, amen? Pray for our kids in school. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Hi. <laughs> That's Tuesday at what time? 11.30. <laughs> Amen. Well, prime time, Tuesday at 11.30 at uh, the Aikens house. And so do be, uh, do be letting her know so that she can get enough pie out there. There's not going to be any coconut pie, is there? Oh, well. <laughs> Ooh. Let's have an invitation right now. Amen. Oh, man. <laughs> Never mind. Um, let me say this. I asked us a second ago to be in prayer for our kids in school. And I know a lot of us homeschool and, and listen, do your best for the glory of God. Amen. But that doesn't mean we can't pray for our schools and our communities. And I, I read an article this last week that they were reading material at a school board meeting. A parent came and read material at a school board meeting, and the school board asked them not to read it because it was too graphic, and it was being used in the classroom with children. Folks, we're living in a desperately wicked day. We don't need to be salt and light out of the world. We need to be salt and light in the world. And so please, folks, let's do be in prayer for our, our public schools. Let's look for opportunities to minister to them, get them the gospel, tell them the truth, and uh, ask God to help us to make a difference. Amen. We're going to have our men come to receive our tithes and offerings. Uh, Young people from Miss Dana's class. Who? Miss Sandy. Miss Sandy. you got to enunciate. I can hear you if you move your lips. He, he said all the kids in this Sandy's class are to come up. <laughs> so, anyhow, um, yeah, uh, and uh, going to be having an activity this afternoon, so please do remember that. Brother Jason, if you would, ask the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sharing with us this time. Privilege to be in your house. We thank you for uh, the opportunity to give this meeting. Yes. Amen.
right, number 256, 256.
good. Amen. Number 260, just a couple pages over. 260. Amen. And I hope it's true for you. If it's not, let today be a day of salvation for you. I want you to turn with me uh, this morning to Exodus chapter 6. Exodus chapter 6. And uh, I don't think I'll preach that one. I'll preach this one. Ah, There we go. And Exodus chapter 6, I want to... uh, begin in uh, verse 9, and we have been preaching through different books, and, and um, you know, I, I'm a big believer in expository preaching, meaning that you preach the text and just say, here's what it says, here's what it means, here's how we apply it to our lives. And I also believe in preaching through books just because you're supposed to preach the whole counsel of God. You don't want to take and pick and choose. I've made mention before there was a famous preacher one time that wrote a book called The 22 Messages You Need to Preach. And he was serious in saying that you needed to preach these 22 topics on a rotating basis. Okay, And I don't know about you, but I think there's more than 22 topics in the Bible. And I do believe this, that ultimately, eventually, you're going to hit everything that you need. That's one reason it's important for faithful church attendance. 
is uh, you never know when the, the message that, that you really need is going to be preached. Now, we do have the advantage of they're recorded and they're available. You can go back and watch them, and so we praise the Lord for that. But Exodus chapter 6, I, I know we've been in this book for a while. I used to go through books a little bit faster, but to be honest with you, you left a lot of, of meat on the table. Now, I don't want to take in wear people out with details, but there are some distinctions in here that I think are important for us. And here this, this morning's message is one of those messages that we get from meditation. You get from, you just think about it, and you try to, how many of y'all try to visualize what you're reading? You guys ever do that? And you try to think, what were they wearing, and what were they doing, and what did they look like, and different things like that. And because of that, um, there's something that just kind of jumped out at me. And so I pray that this will be a blessing for us here this morning. In, in Exodus chapter 6, beginning of verse 9, the Bible says, And Moses spake uh, so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses. And then it gives the reason, okay? This word for could also be because, okay? He says, for, he says, anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. I've been reading a book about uh, the Holocaust and, and uh, World War II and how the Jews were treated. And at some point, you just you thought, why, why did they let these things happen to them? And to be quite honest with you, they were under such cruelty that there probably wasn't much they could do. But mentally, emotionally, spiritually, they were a broken people. Okay, Now, that's another message for another day. But folks, I want you to think about this. With the nation of Israel, they went in with 74 people, 72 people, excuse me. And, uh, and they multiplied and they grew. And, and for a time, they, they were just the talk of the town. They, did, they were just the wonderful invited guests. Joseph had saved the world from starvation. And man, they were just so happy. And Pharaoh said, hey, you, you take your shepherd brothers and put them in charge of my flocks. And we're glad to have you. We're going to give you the best of the land. We're going to give you the land of Goshen. And it was the best of the land for farming and for agriculture and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and, and, and so... Man, they were just the, they were just the hosts and, and, and everybody's favorite when they first came. But the problem is, in the course of time, you say, well, in the course of how much time? In the course of 400 years. How many of y'all know this? Things change in 400 years. Uh, we know that because our country, folks, is not 300 years old yet. And things have changed. Have they not changed from, from the way it was to the way it is? And, and so things change in, in 400 years. And if you will, they've gone from being the talk of the town and a, and a minority that was just a wonderful asset and a wonderful blessing to now that they're afraid of them because they've grown so big. And because of that, the numbers make power. And so they become afraid of them. They said, well, the only way to control them is to put them into cruel bondage. That's another lesson for another day. Because we're in those, <laughs> we're in those situations today, folks. Uh, let me just say this: How many of y'all would like to be graduating high school, looking at buying your first home right now? When folks literally houses in the last five years have doubled in price in my neighborhood, doubled in price. Okay, and uh, you, you just wonder how. You say, "Well, I see kids just live with their parents today." Yeah, yeah, because a house payment is. You know, rent, $1,500. Rent is $1,500. My, my whole point is, is that uh, 
is, is that some of this stuff is more realistic than it needs to be, than I wish it was. Amen. And if you will, we see here that after 400 years, they've been put into cruel bondage. And when they asked to go take a week off, they doubled down and they increased their workload by at least double. And they said, you can't keep up. And they started whipping them and brutalizing them. And now Moses comes up and says, we're going to deliver you. And they're saying, we don't believe you. And you're going to see why here in a second. And the Bible says the reason is because they were just broken again because of anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And it was at this time that the Bible says in verse 10, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in and speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of his land. By the way, he's already spoken to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, once. Okay? The Bible says, And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am a, um, um, of uncircumcised lips? Folks, I've got to be honest with you. I've never known what that meant. I hope I know what it means now. I do believe I know what it means. Okay? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel, and unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to, to come to sing your praises here this morning. And Father, we just pray that you'd help us put aside the cares of this world for a time, that you would speak to us through your word, and that you would use us and strengthen us and encourage us. Father, be with those who are apart from us. We know many might not physically be able to be here. We just pray that you would move on their hearts. We pray for those that should be here, that you convict them and give them a draw. Father, pray for those who are still traveling, Lord, that you give them safety and return them safe to us. Bless the activities of the day. Let you alone be glorified. And we'll ask this all now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want you to see, if you will, the servants who God chose. Now, I want you to apply it to yourself here this morning. The servants who God chose. The Bible tells us that we're saved by grace through faith, are we not? But then the Bible also says right after that that we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus unto good works, meaning that God saves us so that we can serve him. And he's called every one of us to a ministry. Now, do, does anybody here uh, maybe deal with inferiority? Does anybody here deal with, well, I don't think I can do that. Anybody here deal with, hey, I tried that, but it didn't work out. And, and I want you to know that, if you will, I want to talk about the servants who God chooses here this morning. Because we're going to learn a lesson from uh, uh, Moses here, if you will. And, and that, that term, who am a man of uncircumcised lips. To be honest with you, whenever I thought about that, that expression, I always thought it was like Isaiah saying, I'm a man of unclean lips. And they had to come and clean his lips and, and purify him so he could speak for God. And No, that's not what it means. It, it literally means uncircumcised lips. And I'm not trying to be too graphic, but it would be like if, 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 if his mouth didn't work properly. Okay? If, 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 is, if, I always use this expression if his tang got all tangled up. Now, I'm not trying to be clever and I'm not trying to be cute. But I want you to know what this means is, is that he, st- he, st- he st- stuttered when he talked. And he, he couldn't... 
formed the words right because that's the way his mouth was formed. And God said, I want you to go and I want you to speak to Pharaoh. Don't say anything out loud, but what do you usually think about the intelligence of somebody who speaks like that? And are those the type of people that get elected to office? And folks, he wasn't being asked to go speak to his brother. He was being asked to go speak to four million people and the king of the world. I want you to think about this fact that the people weren't responding to Moses. He has already spoken to Pharaoh once and failed miserably. He's already spoken to the children of Israel once, and they're like, who is this guy? And they're saying, you haven't made things better. You've made things worse. And so here you are. He's already got these issues, if you will, and he's already got this failure behind him, and God now doubles down. He says, now's the time to go. Go speak to the children of Israel and go speak to Pharaoh. And he's like, I already told you I can't do this. Amen. You ever been there? Have you ever felt that way? I want you to think about this. He, 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 he thought that the reason Pharaoh didn't respond to him, and he thought the reason that the children of Israel didn't want to follow him was because he stuttered. Brother Ron had a devotion this morning about thinking. Have you guys ever failed in something and then you tried to think about the reason why you failed? And have you ever noticed how you're usually your worst critic? And how many of y'all, if you've failed at something, you can think of all kinds of reasons why it was your fault? I'm speaking to the right crowd here this morning then. Because I want you to know that this is something that we all deal with. We all, we all deal with feelings of inadequacy. We all are not built the same way. We all have different gifts and abilities. And, and sometimes we're all called to the same tasks. And sometimes we're called to special tasks. And, and I will promise you this. The devil is going to be the one that's always in your brain thinking, you can't do this. You're unable. And yet we have scripture that tells us complete opposite. Do we not? Amen. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And be I mean, even becoming a preacher or leader of men when you can't get the words out of your mouth clearly. And folks, I'm not going to keep doing it. I wish I could because I don't want to be offensive to anybody. But folks, I want you to get a hold of this was a very real issue, a very real problem for Moses. And he's already told God, God, I don't want to speak for you. I'm a, I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. I do not speak well. Aaron, my brother, he speaks well. And, 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 and you can use him, if you will. And, and God said, well, I'll give you Aaron. But I didn't give the job to Aaron. And by the way, you'll be hard-pressed to see any time where Aaron actually said anything. Take this the right way, I... This sounds funny. I, I was in choir in, in high school, and, and uh, we were singing this one song, and it, we were in a show choir, and, and uh, they asked us to write an original verse to a song, and I did, and, and, and my verse got selected. My verse got selected to, to sing, uh, and so, um, you know, it was a big deal. And uh, my mom was in the audience, and, and you know, it was, you know, it was, it was you know, four or 500 people there, and, 
and I had uh, laryngitis that night. I couldn't hardly talk. I mean, I literally was talking like this. And I was doing all I could to get through and sing the songs. And at the very least, I was standing there, moving my lips sometimes, just, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and, and, and it came time for that song, and I, and I looked at one of the, the girls in the choir with me, and I said, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. And, uh, and it wasn't because I was nervous. I just physically couldn't do it, Okay. And I asked her, I said, do you know my verse? And she goes, yeah. I said, would you be willing to sing it for me when the time comes? And, and she says, yeah. And we sang this song, and it came time for me to sing. And to be honest with you, I was like, my verse, my responsibility. And I sang my verse. I had my voice and everything. But here's the, here's the point. It was my verse. It was my responsibility. She was there if I needed her. Okay. If you will, when it, when it came time for Moses to speak, it was his responsibility. By the way, what words was Aaron going to be speaking? He was going to be speaking Moses' words. Remember that? He says, uh, uh, you'll be unto him as a God. I'll, I'll be a God to you, and you'll be a God to him, meaning that I'll give my words to you, and you give your words to him. And, and so I just believe, because I don't, I don't see Aaron speaking for him. Okay, and, and so if you will, it came time for his responsibility, it came time for his job, and rather than saying, okay, you do it, he, he said, no, this is, this is my job, this is my responsibility. And he took his inability, and he said, here's, here's an expression I use all the time, God knows who he called. Help me for a second here, how many of y'all think if God wanted Aaron, he could have called Aaron? He didn't call Aaron. He called Moses. God knows who he called. God knows when he called him. Well, I, I need a little more study. I need a little more practice. I need a little more. No, God knows where you are. And can I tell you, you're always in your now. Amen. He knows who he called. He knows when he called. And he knows who he called you to. And please take this away. In some way, God knew that Pharaoh was going to laugh at him. You guys do realize that quite often with world leaders, anybody with a handicap or a physical defect was not allowed to come into the presence of the king. Amen. That's just the way it was. Okay. Uh, uh, and so if you will, here, here he is. Moses, I want you. Go speak to Pharaoh and to the children of Israel. And he has done that and failed at this point, okay? And his mind is thinking, it's just because of these uncircumcised lips. Do you think he wanted to deliver the children of Israel? Do you think if all he needed was a sword, he'd be willing to lead? But God didn't ask him to lead with the sword. He asked him to lead with his lips. You know, a lot of times we want to take and we want to give what God what we're good at. And God might say, that's not what I want from you. I'm glad you're good at that, but that's not what I need you for. Well, God, that's what you've gifted me for. No, no. I have called you and I've saved you. And I put you in this circumstance, which means I put you there. And now I need you to step up. Not somebody else. Please take this the right way. My soul winning early on, because I, I didn't, 
I overthink things. Can you guys imagine that? And it was very hard for me in my early Christianity to witness to somebody because I just, I just made it too difficult. And you saw other people were just so good at it. Just, it was so easy, you know. And so a lot of times I would say, you need to talk to so-and-so. Or you need to come to church and please take this the right way. God's saying, no, it's you at this time for that person. Well, God, I can't. I, I, I make a mess of it. You, at this time. Well, the reason they didn't get saved now is because I just overthought it. I made it too difficult. Oh, I forgot to remember this verse. You guys ever been there? And it leads to defeat, and it leads to you not wanting to ever do it again. Are we all together? Okay. And God said, you, Moses. I don't care about your uncircumcised lips. Go and talk to Pharaoh and go talk to children. I already have. And they didn't respond. And if you will, Moses is saying, and it's all my fault because I don't know how to talk. But you know what God knew? God knew what the real problem was. See, God knew it was because the people were broken because of their bondage. Look what the Bible says again in verse 9. The Bible says, And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses... Because he's just not a good speaker. That's not what it says. Because God knows the reason they didn't respond. They're broken. And they've lost spirit. You guys see that? And so if you will, how many of y'all have ever beat yourself up after you tried to do something and then kind of decided I'm not going to ever do that again? And the problem is you only know what you think. You don't know what the real reasons are. Can I say this? You can witness to somebody perfectly and them still not get saved. You know why? Because salvation is not dependent on your witnessing. Salvation is dependent on God working in their heart and them responding. Amen. Now you have a responsibility to witness, but the results are in God's hands. The results are in the individual. Amen. And so if you will, a lot of times we'll take and say, it's just because I couldn't say it right. If I had just said it right, they, they would have responded. No. They're incapable of responding right now. Why? Because they have wounded spirits. And they're overwrought with the, with the work that's been forced upon. They're broken. And we're going to have to take and do something very special to take and to deliver them. God do that. Okay? Why didn't Pharaoh respond? I'll tell you why Pharaoh didn't respond. Go to Exodus chapter 7. Look at verse 13. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 13. The Bible says, and this talk about God now, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. You know why he said? You know why Pharaoh didn't respond, Moses? It's because I'm not going to let him respond. I'm going to show my glory in him so that we might save Israel and save the world. Amen. And yet, what do you think Moses was thinking? Again, I don't, I don't want to move on until we all got it. Moses was thinking, it's my fault. He, he asked the wrong person. He, it's because I can't speak, or I can't talk, or I can't sing, or I can't this, or I can't that. Or I, anybody else been there? And God says, I know who you are. I know where you are. I know when you are. You be faithful to me, and I'll take care of the rest of it. See, the Bible 
talks about that in other ways. As a matter of fact, it's in this text. A lot of times you've got to ask the question, why do you put these different verses side by side? Well, go back to back a page, back to our text, and look at verse 14. It's very interesting. He, he gives, if you will, he gives, if you will, a commandment to Moses that Moses has failed at already, and so we see what's going on there. And then he gives a genealogy, and you're like, what in the world? And, and it thinks, well, what kind of genealogy should he give? You say, well, it, it should be the genealogy of Moses. I'm going to let you in a little secret. It's not a genealogy of Moses. It's a genealogy of Aaron. <laughs> okay? We'll see that here in a second. All right? But if you will, in verse 14, the Bible says, These be the heads of their father's houses. This is, these are the ones that I want you to go talk to. And these are the heads. These are the people who are in charge. All right? And he says, if you will, he says, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel. Amen. And he gives, if you will, the sons of Reuben. And then he says in verse 15, and the sons of Simeon. And he gives all the sons of Simeon. Amen. And these are the names of the sons of Levi. And, and, and that's now it's at least talking about Moses. Okay. You know, you think it's interesting about all these people here? Not one of them was usable for God. Not one. God, listen, God makes no mistakes. And when God gives us a list, he says, go talk to the heads of Israel. He says, go talk to Reuben. And folks, Reuben was cursed so that he would never lead Israel. The Bible says that he went in into his, his father's concubine. And in Genesis chapter 49, let's have everybody go there. Go to Genesis chapter 49. Israel is blessing all his children. And Reuben is the firstborn. He should be getting the birthright. He should be getting the blessing. He should be the leader of the family. He should be the, he should be the priest for the family. All these things were assumed to be the right of the firstborn. And yet it comes time to bless his firstborn son. And in Genesis chapter 49 and verse 3, he says, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. And by the way, that's, that's what you want to say about your firstborn. Verse 4, unstable is water. Thou shalt not excel. Because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then thou defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. And Israel cursed his son right there. He says, son, everything I have should have been yours. You're my firstborn. But you will never succeed. Study your Bible and you'll see that there was never a judge and certainly not a king in Israel from the tribe of Reuben. It's the one tribe that applies to. The only time you ever read about Reuben, I believe Reuben, uh, some of Korah's associates were Reubenites. Korah was the one that the earth opened up, swallowed them all up. <laughs> not good. <laughs> Y'all understand? It, it's interesting here. And, and, and so I asked the question, why, did, why didn't he use Reuben? He couldn't. Reuben was cursed. Amen? The second thing, is Simeon, was Simeon cursed too? You remember, they had a sister named Dinah. Remember that? Dinah went out to the country to explore and meet the daughters of the land, the Bible says. And, 
And uh, a young man saw her, raped her, fell in love with her, came to ask if he could marry her. And, uh, and uh, Israel worked out an arrangement. It was going to work out. And uh, the two next oldest, not Reuben, but the two next oldest were Simeon and Levi. And, and uh, the arrangement was, you get circumcised and we'll let you marry our daughter. Okay? And so he was so excited to, to marry his daughter. Not only he, but his whole, his whole nation, his whole tribe got circumcised. And, and the Bible says that the next day when they were in pain, recovering from that, that Simeon and Levi went and killed all the males. Killed them all. And, and if you will, Israel said, I didn't tell you to do that. Amen. I'm never going to be able to use you either, son. The Bible says in verse 5, it says, Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly. Folks, how would you like to have your dad say that about you? And he says about both of them that they'd be scattered in Israel. And Simeon, whenever they got their inheritance, it was here, 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 and here. It's the only tribe that applied to Except for Levi, Levi was also scattered through Israel. They just later got the priesthood, but they were scattered also. They didn't get like, they didn't get like a portion of the country. They got a city here and there and there and there. Okay. By the way, that sets you up for ultimate destruction. Okay. And so, if you will, in our in our text in in, in Exodus chapter six, we see he, he he says, "I can't use state state Genesis," but he says, "I can't use a." Uh, I, I can't use uh, Reuben, I can't use Simeon, and Levi was also cursed. We just read that, amen? But I want you to think about this. What tribe was Moses from? It was from Levi, okay? So in a sense, all of us have reasons why that we're unusable for God. All of us do. With Moses, if you will, it was, it was a, a physical defect, okay? A physical defect. He couldn't talk right, okay? With Reuben, it, he'd become disqualified because of immorality. By the way, aren't you glad that, that you can confess your sins and be forgiven of your sins? Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, in a sense, Moses is proof of that. Why? Because he was cursed, but God allowed him to become the prophet. Listen, the first five books of the Bible are given to Moses for us to read forever. Amen. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 15, notice if you will, go there. Deuteronomy chapter 18, excuse me. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Look at verse 15. And this is Moses. He's, he's, he's talking about, you know, by the way, in a sense, that whole genealogy was given to say, can't use this guy, can't use this guy, can't use this guy. But in a sense, he said, but I'm still going to use you, Moses, okay? I'm still going to use you, okay? The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15, it says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, for, of thy brethren. What's about, next, say it with me. Like unto me. Unto him shall you hearken. You know what he's saying? He's saying, God made me a prophet. He may be the prophet in a sense at this point. He made him the prophet at this point. But folks, we know this, that if you read down to verse 18, Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment. 
Because in, the Bible says, verse 16, it says, According to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that they have uh, spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee. I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak them unto all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Uh, it, it keeps going on. But, but, but folks, that prophet is Jesus. He says they'll listen to Jesus. By the way, they're not going to listen the first time. They're going to listen the second time. Okay? The whole point is this. Uh, he, he became a prophet. And folks, Levi became a priest. Amen? There, there's three offices in the, in the nation of Israel that are most important. There's the prophet, the priest, and the king. Okay? And, and if you will, we see that Moses became the prophet and Aaron became the priest. The Bible says in, in, in Exodus, you can look this up, but Exodus chapter 28 and verse 1, that Aaron and his sons became the high priest. They became the high priesthood, amen? And so they ministered, amen? And yet, what's the Bible say about his relationship with Jesus? Because Moses was the prophet and Jesus was going to be the prophet, okay? And then uh, Aaron was the priest, but then Jesus is going to be a priest. Go, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Look at verse 5. The Bible says, And verily they are the sons of Levi who received the office of the priesthood. Amen. Okay. They, they have, it says, They have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, uh, that is, of their brethren, though they came out of the loins of Abraham. Okay. And so, so if you will, Levi had the priesthood. Go, skip down uh, for sake of time and go to verse 11. The Bible says, If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there of another priest, uh, that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? And so, if you will, he says, listen, uh, we could keep having priests that, that are the sons of Aaron. The only problem is, is that they're from a cursed line. And they can't offer a proper sacrifice. But folks, Jesus, by one sacrifice forever, sat down by... Amen? And he was given the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. No father, no mother, no beginning or end of days. It's a, it's a picture of Christ. Amen? And, and by the way, is Jesus Christ ministering today as a priest right now on the throne of God? The answer is yes. Absolutely, if you will. What, what am I trying to say? Moses, you're cursed. You can't. But Jesus can. Aaron, you're cursed. You're defective. You can't. But Jesus can. As a matter of fact, that there was even going to be a king. We've we got to finish this. We've got to have prophet, priest, and the king. You know, think about this. Reuben was the oldest. He was cursed. Simeon was the second oldest. He was cursed. Levi was the fourth, third oldest. He was cursed. Guess who gets to be the head of the household? Judah. Amen? And that's what the Bible tells us back in, in Genesis chapter 49. Go there one more time. Genesis chapter 49. And so it comes time, if you will, to pick the head of the family. Uh, uh, just stop here for a second. Anybody know the story of Judah? Judah was one of the conspirators that tried to sell Joseph into slavery. Amen. Hated him. Wanted to kill him, to be honest with you. Amen. Became the father of his own children. Grandchildren. Excuse me. 
became the father of his own grandchildren. He's a wicked guy. And yet God says, I'm going to use you to bring in the one who's going to hold the scepter. Folks, that's the king. Amen. For sake of time, there's a lot of prophecy here, but if you will, just sneak down to verse 10. And in verse 10, the Bible says this. He says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. Folks, Jesus is Shiloh. Jesus is Shiloh. The Bible says, Until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. I want you to think about this. Moses is saying, I can't do it. I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. I'm unable. I've already tried. I failed. And God says, I can't use Reuben. I can't use Simeon. I can't use Levi. I can't even use Judah. But I tell you what I can use is the one that they all pointed to. You see, the prophet, like unto Moses, is Jesus. And the priest, like unto Aaron, was Jesus. And folks, that scepter holder that came from Judah came through the line of David. By the way, came through Mary. Help me for a second here. Mary was a young girl. She wasn't a 25-year-old girl. She might have been as young as 13 or 14 years old. Okay, I don't know exactly how old she was. She was a young girl. And how did they treat young ladies in that society? Yeah, at the very least, not in the highest esteem. And yet, an angel came down to her and talked about how blessed she was. And that she was going to be given birth to her Messiah. Come on now, amen. And by the way, not a, this sounds silly to say this, but there's not a man in the world could have done what she did. Why? Because it had to be through the seed of the woman. You say, I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. Why are you using me? Because you've been chosen to God. Were there others? Perhaps. I don't know. Who could have fulfilled? Perhaps. I don't know. But I know this. She was the one at that time, at that place, in that situation. Y'all get it? That's the context of this portion of Scripture. And Jesus, of course, is the true king. I, I, I want you to see this just because we always look in Revelation where it says king of kings and lord of lords. I want you to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and see this. 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter 6, look at verse 13. The Bible says this. It says, I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things, makes things alive. That's what that means. And before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. I got First Timothy. I'm in Second Timothy. I'm sorry. No, I'm in, I'm in First Timothy. He says, uh, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, which in, there we go, which in his time uh, he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Folks, get a hold of this. None of these were worthy, yet God in his grace in his sovereignty, in his mercy, used all of these to fulfill his will. Right? Moses came up there, and, and, and I'm not going to act it out again, but 
he was clearly unqualified for what God had asked him to do. I want you to be the speaker and leader of our people. I mean, he couldn't speak right. Y'all understand that? I can't! And God says, you can. And you will. This one's disqualified. This one's disqualified. This one's disqualified. And if you'll allow me, by my grace and my mercy and my sovereignty, because I know where I put you and when I put you and who I put you with. Come on now, amen? That you can do it. I can do all things. Friend, you cannot save yourself. But you know who can save you? Jesus Christ. You cannot serve the Lord acceptably unless the Holy Spirit of God works in and through you in your humble state. God, I can't do this. I need your help. And can I just tell you this? I wonder how many times Moses woke up every day, God, God I can't do this. God, I can't do this. Why don't you think about this? You remember, you remember when even his own family stood up against him, Aaron and, and his uh, uh, sister Miriam, stood up against him, remember that? And uh, uh, others stood up against him. He wouldn't even fight for himself, okay? But what he would say is, he said, you show up tomorrow and God will show you who's in charge. Uh, Y'all remember what happened to to Miriam? I'm doing doing this because that's Aaron, I'm, I'm sorry. But Miriam became leprous, amen? And God said, I said Moses was in charge. And Aaron... I can't put leprosy on you because you're a picture of Christ and I'm not going to mess up my picture. Amen. Okay. But the whole point is this, is guys, I said I was in charge. And then remember when Korah came up? Hey, we can do the job just as good as you can. The Bible says Moses was the meekest man on earth. Think about why he was meek. Because he had to have been physically strong. He was a warrior. He could kill somebody with a sword. We know that. But he couldn't lead those people without God's help. You can't get saved without God's help. You can't serve without God's help. Amen. And you can't deal with that little voice in your head that tells you that you're unworthy, that you're no good, that you're going to fail without God's help. Because you know what God looks at? He says, I can use that. I can do great things with them. You know all I need is somebody that worries less about how great they are and worries more about how great I am. Folks, have you read the end of the story? How did it work out for old Moses? Worked out pretty good. The only thing he had to learn is, it's not you, Moses. It's me. It's not you. It's me. God, if you could take these stammering lips, I offer them to you. God, if you're willing to save this sinful soul, I offer it to you. God, if, if you're willing to take all these doubts and all these fears and just help me to have confidence in you and you alone, I offer it to you. Because if you can do it for Moses, you can do it for me. I don't know what God would have you to do this morning, but let's all stand if you would. The altars are open. The invitation is from the Lord. And uh, get your blue hymnal if you would. And turn to 246. 246.
Listen, if God's touched your heart in any way, why don't you come as we sing? 246.